listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. We have got one of the stars of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, a man that's never off TV for too long. Mr Dave O'Neill, welcome to The Bucket List. Hey, thanks, yeah, and sporting superstar. Tell us your background, what sporting history... BMX, oh, BMX legend. Oh, I've, got, I've got a third trophy in the amateurs. That's right, from the Heidelberg BMX track. Heidelberg BMX Whatever. track, third. What age group was that? <laughs> Under 18. Oh, Proud of the other day, I'm showing the kids. It's well, not too bad. Obviously, if the BMX was in the Olympics back then, you could have put a time in and you could have been an Olympian, Dave. I could have. I could have, but BMX was not in the Olympics in the 80s when I was riding, but I know it is now, and that's exciting for the BMX world. It's a cracking spectator sport for the Olympics. I love it. Well, you know what they should bring back, which I would be good at, is tug-of-war. Tug-of-war was an Olympic oh. sport. Oh. Yeah, 1900, 1908. And yeah, the other one that was a sport in the Commonwealth Games in Malaysia, 10-pin bowling. And cricket. And cricket. Ten- Any sport where you can smoke and drink, I think it's a good one. 10-pin <laughs> bowling. Darts, darts is desperately trying to become an darts. Olympic sport, but uh, they don't smoke and drink anymore, unfortunately. I've got the body for darts. I would be good at darts. <laughs> you and me both, fella. Oh, you and me both. No. So it's not beefy on Porky, that's for sure. Oh, I love it. So, you guys should do a show together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'm doing a show at the local pub. Friday and Saturday night, I just host a night of comedy. So you don't get to see one comedian, you get to see three or four, or five even. Nice. And I have special guests coming down, etc. For example, tonight, I've got a very big superstar. We can't say his name, but I used to work with him a lot on radio. Does he have a funny and, voice? And he's, from, and he's from Warnable, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's tonight and it's only 25 bucks and you get like four or five comics and you know because you know what it's like if you go and see a comedy show and you're like well this bloke's a bit average don't worry my show 10 minutes time they'll be gone there'll be someone else on <laughs> do you ever get things thrown at you yes that's funny i had dim sims thrown at me once at the deer park hotel oh that's lucky uh yeah with supporting because i was on stage friday night and you can imagine deer park all the tradies were out you know drinking and it was going well and I was playing the bass guitar at that stage in my act. And then I heard a door open up behind me and an old lady walked out with two giant plates of Mini Dim Sims. And the thing about Mini Dim Sims, tradies, they'll eat them and then they'll throw them and they're bouncing off my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, I love a Dim Sim. That's probably the worst thing that's been thrown at me, oh. Dim Sim. Well, they're covered in soy yeah. sauce to leave a stain. Yeah, on my lovely shirt. Oh. Yeah, there was a bit of staining going on. I know, not fair. Not fair at all. Not fair at all. Now, you're a massive Western Bulldogs fan, Dave. Um, yeah. Some highlights of your Bulldogs following career. Obviously, Grand Final 2016 goes without well, saying. Grand Final. And then years ago, I got to go down the rooms. Only because, uh, my, see, my dad's a big Collingwood supporter. So I actually grew up in a co- Collingwood house. But I became a Western Bulldog because I lived in Footscray for 10 years. And so... <laughs> I got tickets to go to the Magpies and uh, Bulldogs game, and it was the President's lunch, Eddie Maguire's lunch. So I got tickets to go to that, and Eddie was there, uh, President of the Bulldogs was there, and he said to me, do you want to come down to the rooms before the game? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And and he said to my dad, would you want to come down? This is to the, the Bulldogs rooms, not the Magpies room. Hmm. Dad goes, yeah, I'll come down. And then the President of the Bulldogs goes, you might want to re- remove your Magpie scarf before you go down there. And Kev's like, nah, no way. We go down, and if you guys have ever been to the rooms before a game, it's quite serious. You can't be cracking gags or anything like that. The president of the Bulldogs said, just stand here and don't talk to the players because they're going to run out up the race in a minute. And so we're standing, and I look over, there's my dad talking to all the players. Like, <laughs> Dad, come over here. Still got the Collingwood scarf on. He comes over, and then this was the days of Chris Grant was the captain. Quite serious, and Dad goes, Chris Grant, how's it going? And Chris Grant turns around, trips over, and a few of the Bulldogs fall over him. <laughs> and the Magpies won by 20 points that day. So um, that was a great memory of the Bulldogs. <laughs> Sabotage, it's called. Sabotage, yeah. Sabotage. 
is anything on your bucket list still to tick off? You know what I'd love to go to? The running of the bulls. Oh, Pamplona. I reckon, yeah, Pamplona. I mean, that's a sporting event, isn't it? Uh, near enough. <laughs> Would you actually watch or take part in that? I'd run. I reckon that'd be... <laughs> like well, the I'm wind. quite fat, though, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen it when it goes wrong, Dave, and uh, I'm not yes. quite sure I want to be on the end of uh, one of those horns somehow. I think the running of a bulls would be fun. It, lo- it looks like good fun, but you're right. I'm saying that. The New York Marathon. <laughs> I want to go. I just want to watch. I want to dress up as a Teletubby and go out and love the marathon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say there's the other ones, though. There's like that tomato festival in Spain as well, where it's kind of yeah. similar to running the bull, but it's just a massive food yeah. fight. Just watching from a corporate tent would be great. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like you said, as long as it's from a corporate perspective, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Are you a bit of a local celebrity in um, Fairfield? Yes, absolutely. It's me and Charlie Pickering, and I don't think he oh. goes down the shops very often, so it's all me. Me and Fairfield. Are people taking your photos <laughs> all the time? No, they get used to you. Also, I want to say a cheer out to all the parents taking the kids to sport, because it is Saturday morning. Yeah. I, I have to do that too, and my daughter played uh, AFL last year. Which was um, she was the best uh, player in the under twelves. Which well, she's twenty five, but anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you guys, I don't know if you guys have kids, but when you get, they give you a job at sporting events. Oh yeah. So my first job was to provide lolly snakes for the girls at three quarter time. Nice. Not a great job for a obese pre diabetic <laughs> man. So, thanks, guys. Dave O'Neill on the bucket list on SEN Plus. Nick Kyrgios has had a very eventful couple of weeks, hasn't oh, he? Oh, what a showstopper Nick Kyrgios is. Miami this week, he has had the tournament from hell. It won a few games, was on top of Dusan Lajovic, number 50 in the world. Didn't he actually have one of the fans removed from the match? Oh, yeah. Put together some grabs from his games over the last couple of days at the Miami Open. Why are you watching me on a Sunday night? You got nothing else to do on a Sunday night. Sunday night and you're still out here watching me. What are you doing? You know what? At the end, that's him talking to the umpire, cool. and she can't get a word in edgeways because Nick's going off on one. Nick actually got that fan he was having a bit of banter with physically removed by security from the stadium. <laughs> Apparently, the guy called him a rude word. Apparently, also, the guy had a go at his haircut, and in the press conference afterwards, uh, Nick said he had a go at my haircut. He thought it was pretty rough, and uh, I tend to agree with him because uh, I haven't been to the barbers for a couple of weeks, so he's probably right there. I'll give him credit for yeah. that one. Um, but in the last game he lost, he actually swore, audibly swore, on break point against him. Mm. So that was an automatic point loss. So he lost the game because he swore, and he started smashing rackets. As he was smashing rackets, the crowd were like really giving it to him. He started playing up to the crowd, and he gave one of his smash rackets to a young fan. The crowd were back on his side again, even after he had a tantrum. The worst thing is, he can beat the world number one yeah. and then lose to the world number 201, like within days. It's just, you used the word inconsistent then, and that's exactly what it is. And that's the problem that people have with him, because he's got so much talent. You're listening to The Bucket List. Welcome back to the Bucket List. You're with me, Beefy, the world's biggest sports fan, and Diana Simons, and joining us. Mr. Chris Franklin. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for being on the Bucket List. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Chris, I think people will know you from uh, your number one hit single. I'm always called Chris the Bloke Franklin. I I, I never um, started that off, but it it seems to have stuck. (laughs) How long was that in the charts for, the song Bloke? 
number one for three weeks and in the top 40 for 14 weeks. <laughs> Obviously, off the back of that, you enjoyed life a little bit too large, but did you get diagnosed with scurvy at one stage? <laughs> Yes, I did. Um, it, it surprised the doctor quite a bit. It was just after the bloke song about 2001, 2002. I decided that, that humans were either carnivores or herbivores, like most animals are one or the other. And because I like my pies too much, I decided we were carnivores and went a bit too long without the veggies. Oh. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It, it's, it's not nice. What symptoms were there? Fuck your ears. Listen, I had scabs all over my arms that were quite horrible. My gums were bleeding. And the doctor said, I'll do some tests. He said, it looks like scurvy, but it can't be. And he, he did the test. And I, I, I came back a few days and he swore at me. He, he felt at the time it was the first case in 100 years. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's one way, one way to set records, I suppose. I, I needed a big dose of vitamin C, obviously, and a lot of it. But, but I was drinking that heavily. I heard him say, stop drinking beer and start drinking vodka and orange. Oh, yeah. Oh. There you go. There's solutions <laughs> for every person. Out there. Always drink responsibly. That's very true, very true. <laughs> now, your song, Bloke, was absolutely huge. You've actually sung that at the SCG and the MCG. What was that like? Um, it, it was quite a thrill. Uh, the first place was the MCG, so it went the big one first. Uh, ironically, the Richmond Football Club invited me there to sing the song in the middle, and they were playing against the team I support, North Melbourne, so I got to see the boys for free <laughs> and, and get a wage from the Richmond Footy Club, and I think we failed on that year too. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, a few weeks later, North Melbourne invited me up. They were playing against Sydney in Sydney, and they invited me up. It was a bit of a disaster, that one. I, I could hear my voice through the, the fold back in my ear, but it wasn't being played through the um, stadium speakers. So the, the crowd got to see me miming on the screen and Ooh. the music playing, but my voice not coming out. They oh. saw my lips moving, but nothing happening. Well, that happened to uh, famously Billy Idol in the Rugby League Grand Final a few years ago where he turned up, came halfway across the world, and nothing happened. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I was at that game. That was a Storm game, that grand final. Oh, it was too. You're right. Yeah, exactly right. Now, you're also a big Storm fan as well, I hear. I am indeed, yeah. I've managed to um, swindle my way into the dressing rooms more than once and hang out with the boys. Um, thankfully, Craig Bellamy thinks I'm the funniest bloke alive. So, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. I think you you share a thong fetish with Craig Bellamy as well. <laughs> that sounds weird when you say it like that. <laughs> Especially in a dressing room we're talking about. <laughs> Basically, is there any sports from across the world that you've yet to tick off on your bucket list or is there something you just desperately want to get to? Through uh, comedy connections, a, a Canadian mate of mine, Lars Callio, uh, who lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, has um, got me involved with the Edmonton Oilers in the in the ice hockey over there, or just hockey as they call it. I'd love to see them play a game live. I, I, I went over there and toured Canada and I, I got to see Rogers House where they, where they play, but it was the off-season, so I never got to see the boys play. Very cold during ice hockey season as well. I'm not sure you, whether you could cope too well in your flip-flops. <laughs> now you call them flip-flops, now that it's not a fetish. I'm going from the Canadian point of view there, so uh, I, you know, I'm not going to refer to being in the cold and the snow in your thong. Thanks for joining us, and make sure you get your orange juice. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. And this morning we've got Sean on the line from Caulfield. Good morning, Sean. I believe you've been to the Hong Kong Sevens. Been to the Hong Kong Sevens and going there next week. Are you a South Stand devotee? Cursor to being in the South Stand is you have to go in fancy dress. Spot on. No, I'm not a South Stand usual, but do get the opportunity to go into the corporate. Probably prefer that and just watch all the uh, the lunatics uh, enjoy themselves. Which are the wildest, the rowdiest? Probably the US, I think. They go a little bit crazy. Pretty keen to jump on board and cut loose. Um, Is there any sporting events on your bucket list that uh, you haven't quite ticked off yet, Sean? Probably the US. 
US Open, uh, the golf, that would be amazing. People like Tiger would be uh, fantastic. But Hong Kong Sevens, they generally only get 30 to 40K. Their biggest weekend of the year gives you a great indication of how popular it is. Yeah, I went a few years ago. It is an absolutely awesome weekend. I did find myself in the middle of the South Stand at one stage, and uh, the weekend I was there, it was stinking hot. You can't speak highly enough of Hong Kong. It's very friendly, and when you get groups of people from all over the world, it's quite an amazing uh, come. No, the atmosphere is fantastic, and I do recommend it to anyone. Make sure you have an absolutely storming weekend. Hopefully the Wallabies, or whatever the seven side is called for Australia nowadays, hopefully they'll bring home the bacon. Absolutely. Many thanks for... Uh speaking to you guys. That's Sean on the Bucket List. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. On the line from the National Sports Museum is the manager of the museum, Mr Jed Smith. I saw some absolutely brilliant news this week from the National Sports Museum. A massive $17 million upgrade, I believe. Yes, you're not wrong. It's a massive project. We reopen late February next year. But people are still going to be able to do like the uh, MCG tours and I think the MCC museum is still going to be open. Is that true? That's absolutely correct. So everything trades as normal right up until uh, the middle of August. We close the NSM uh, in on the 16th of August for six months. But during that six-month closure period, we've got the stadium tours, which are terrific. And if you haven't done a tour of the MCG, and seen behind the scenes into the change rooms and the long room and all these amazing places, and you must do that. Um, so that's available as per normal. We've also, we're keeping the MCC Museum open, the uh, Melbourne Cricket Club Museum, so that's available as part of that visit, uh, free of charge for anyone doing the tour. But also we're putting on a series of programs and activities for school groups. So if your school has traditionally come to the museum at that time of year, we will have an activity for you to do, whether it's meeting an Olympian champion, whether it's meeting a racehorse, Lots to offer people. So even though the NSM's closed, still well worth visiting in that period. I was going to say, wow, Jed, I never had that much fun when I was at school on our excursions. <laughs> I didn't either. Um, a visit to a museum some time ago was not a great deal of fun, and it's such a different beast now. Are you going to be incorporating uh, new technology within the, um, within the museum? Yeah, we are. There's a lot of development since we opened in 2008. You can download and you can log into interactives and then that, that flicks you an email that contains a video of you doing that interactive or maybe your high score and you can then flick that to your friends, put it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever else you want to place it. It's a far more interactive experience. It's a far more sharing experience. You're not going to have a situation yeah. like that at, at uh, ScienceWorks where somebody tried to outsprint Kathy <laughs> Freeman and <laughs> ran into the wall. Yeah, I don't know if I can comment on that. I'm not sure if it's still... A, a yeah, I, I think it case. might be still going through the courts as well. <laughs> yeah, look, we're not encouraging anyone to run straight into brick walls. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that right now without any hesitation. Something like 51% of our visitation are under the age of 16. Wow. They either come as school groups, which is about a third of our visitation. But then when you include all the kids who come as family groups, slightly over 50%, which means the majority of our visitors haven't got a lived memory Back beyond 2003, you know, yeah. They don't know who Kathy Freeman is. You put on Kathy Freeman's swift suit on display, you talk about the Sydney Olympics and they just look blankly at you. You might as well be talking about the 1896 Athens Games. You know, it means nothing. And that means we've got to talk about what's happened in the last few years, not just what happened in the 50s and the 20s. It's got to be contemporary. It's got to mean something to our visitors. 
Jed, we at the Bucket List, we like to be helpful with our suggestions. So um, I've, I've come mm. up with a suggestion for display. What, right. what do you think of this one, okay? Every year they have the Birdman Rally. Mick yeah. Paul has won 15 times and he keeps his Birdman... Hang glider. ...in a shed. Yeah. Think of that Is in that the right? National Sports <laughs> Museum. Does he intend to using it again or has he retired? That's my first question. No, he tells us he builds a new one every year. Is that right? Yeah. Are you saying he's got 15 of these hanging around? I don't know if it's like a scrapyard for uh, Birdman uh, vehicles, but uh, perhaps to use them as yeah. parts year on year. Yeah, yeah, sort of cannibalises the previous year's one for the next one. Always adapting and improving. Um, that's amazing. I, I would love to know more about that. I might oh. just, and he got merit in that one. And he could uh, include a bit of his pre-warm-up footage, which includes him running around the fields flapping his arms. <laughs> not an uncommon warm-up technique for a lot of professionals. <laughs> thanks for joining us. It's going to be amazing. I, you can tell I'm excited. Yeah, we all like. Jed, thanks so much for your time this morning. That's a pleasure. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jed Smith, the Manager of Museums and Heritage Services from the National Sports Museum at the MCG. On the bucket list. Welcome back to the bucket list with us as usual. From Sportsnet Holidays is Daniel Ciccone and today we're going to be talking rugby league. First time, uh, Origin is, is being staged in Perth. The match is going to be held at, at the new Optus Stadium, 23rd of June. Excited that it's not going to be in, in Brisbane or Sydney for one. I reckon there is going to be so many people travelling for this. Getting a ticket is going to be a nightmare. It is. Some of the feedback that I've had is the atmosphere, number one, yes, is, is incredible. It's state-of-the-art. It's world-class. The facilities and seating are amazing. And even if you're sitting in the back row, it doesn't feel like you're that far away from the action. I think the, the LED lighting that they've got happening there inside and out come origin uh and, and they're going to light it up in, in that blue and maroon uh is is going to be something really special so what are sportsnet offering that's different daniel we have two packages we've got one where basically you can stay in perth cbd and, and for all those staying in the cbd we'll put them on a swan river cruise transfer so from elizabeth key to optus stadium so obviously they've got to get to the game so we'll get them there number one and we'll drop them off 50 to 100 meters from the stadium plus everyone that books a package gets a, a behind the scenes tour of optus stadium the day before or after the match all our guests get the opportunity to experience the players locker rooms the coaches rooms you know they'll get on the sidelines of the ground into the dugouts commentators boxes the media center and more so uh you know what a really nice way to to cap your origin experience off wow that sounds awesome behind the scenes tour of the stadium brand new stadium like you say it's world class and i'm up for that as well state of origin one is up at suncourt stadium in brisbane and state of origin three is at anz stadium in sydney you guys offering trips to these uh, State of Origin games? We are beefy, absolutely. We do do Brisbane Game 1 as well and Sydney Game 3. And we do other rugby league events as well. I'm really excited about the Brisbane Magic Round this year. Really innovative concept by the NRL. Every NRL club will be playing in the one city home and away match there in Brisbane later this year. So that's going to be an absolute cracker. What a weekend that is going to be. You know, the South Sydney fans and the Melbourne Storm fans, they're all going to be in the same place at the same time. Caxton Street is going to be immense. Is there any better place to be during a sporting event than Caxton Street? It's going to be very, very special, as is Origin in Perth. What I love about what they've done with with Origin in Perth is first times they're playing it on a Sunday. Origin is usually on a Wednesday. So it's it's a great opportunity for for those that want to, you know, spend a little bit more time and make a weekend out of the trip. Obviously, it's game two, so it's it's do or die, which is great. Speaking of Optus Stadium, just outside the stadium, they've got uh, Southern Hemisphere's largest pub, the, the Camfield. Over 3,000 people can, can fit into that pub, so it's, it's the perfect spot for a pre- or post-
post-match drink or two as well. Coupled with Perth, an absolute cracker of a city, makes an awesome weekend, as will obviously Magic Round. Yeah, making a weekend of it in Perth, that sounds like an absolutely brilliant tip. Now, if you want to get involved with State of Origin 2 in Perth with Sportsnet Holidays, check them out on sportsnetholidays.com or give Daniel a ring, one 888 and any other rugby league trip, State of Origin 1, 3, or Magic Weekend, or even the internationals. That's one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. 888 com on the bucket list. And have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next weekend on the bucket list. See you then.